Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts, designed to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. I'm your host, David Ubita. Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs starts right now. Hey, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is David Ubita. I am your host. On this beautiful Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day to you, by the way, we sit down uh, in episode 27 with Dr. Ray and Dr. Jean, couples synergy experts, and they are the founders of the Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center. I really love this episode because in this episode, they share their heart and they share some tools with us on how we can strengthen our relationships and move them forward. So stay tuned. We'll dive into their story when we return. Dr. Ray, Dr. Gene, are you there? Yes. Yeah. How you doing, David? <laughs> Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. It's so great to have you guys on. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. So I wish I could take credit for this genius of an idea of having, you know, the most sought after couples synergy gurus on the call considering that tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Yes, and also our uh, wedding anniversary, 21st, actually. Oh, congratulations, the big 21, huh? Yeah, thank you. you. That's fantastic. So, guys, uh, I wanted to have you guys on as guests. First of all, I respect immensely the work that you guys are doing. And aside from the fact that you guys are super cool, I wanted to introduce you to the audience um, because you guys have a very unique approach to couples. Uh, Again, you guys have your own uh, program and you guys are couples synergy experts. And so considering that it is Valentine's Day, we're recording this on Wednesday, Valentine's Day being Thursday tomorrow. I just wanted to dial in and talk a little bit about, you know, the L-O-V-E word and um, kind of pick your brains a bit. So before we dial into that, if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience a little bit about your journey, uh, just kind of like to set the table, so to speak. Sure, not a problem. Um, you know, Gene and I, we, we, have, we have a background in, in mental health, and uh, we both got our master's degrees in, in clinical psychology. We started work in the field, um, and one of the things we found in working in the field is that traditional Couples counseling is done by one therapist, uh, typically. And, uh, you know, in, in, our, in our work, in working in community mental health, we were often, you know, given the task of working with a couple or even with a family and kind of thrown into it, you know, thrown to the wolves, uh, as someone would say. But, you know, we found that it was, it was just not effective at all. Okay, we found that Many times you were just thrown in there. You didn't know the dynamics uh, of the family or the couple, 
And often at the end of the session, people felt uh, kind of slighted. No one really f walked out of the session feeling like it was productive. Okay. And so, you know, we decided that we wanted to create our own approach in working with couples, something that was going to be much more effective. Um, and that kind of led us to create the Lighthouse uh, in 2002. So this has been a 17-year journey now wow. in, in building the practice. We actually met in the field, and we've always worked in the same, for the same company before we started our company. So it's kind of interesting. But having one therapist work with a couple creates a problem where, you know, one of the, you, you, you tend to side with someone. And so having both of us in the room, it balances that, and it, it is a much more successful approach. Yeah, I can see that. So thank you for sharing that information on, on your background. And one of the things I wanted to bring to light is uh, some of the cool things that you guys do. Because I know that when people get, hear the word mental health or, you know, therapist right away, uh, chances are they'll, their defenses come up or they'll think like, oh, my gosh, are they going to be, you know, scrutinizing every word that I say? Tell our audience a little bit about the cool things you guys do as, as uh, you know, for, for fun. Well, well, first of all, I, I just want to say that when people ask us if we're analyzing them, I, I say, you know, not unless, not unless I need to send you an invoice or you're paying me. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we. You know, it's kind of like a you know a switch for us. You you kind of you turn, put your hat on, and you're in there, and and you're you know in the thick of it with a couple. And then when you come out of session, you know we're just an everyday couple that that like to enjoy each other and and you know like to enjoy the just living and and being happy in life. So you know we we are avid travelers and and we love hiking. Um, we are we own motorcycles. We go motorcycling. We love you know, hopping from uh, restaurant to restaurant. We're big foodies. Um, so it, we're, we, we're very active, and we, we love spending time together. Yeah, we, uh, two years ago, we hiked the JMT, which was a 20-day hike, you know, where you carry what you can on your back, and you live out in the mountains for 20 days. So that was one of the greatest adventures, I think, that we've done. That's awesome. And having the... The, the honor of being able to share, you know, some time with you guys. You guys are as legit and as real as they get. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are just, just, you know, regular folks and just really in this because you want to serve and help people. Absolutely. You know, we say that, you know, we can't teach it unless we live it. One of the, so, one of the questions we get a lot from couples is, do we fight? And not only do, <laughs> not only do we fight, but we fight about our couples. Sometimes oh, I think funny. we fight about our couples more than our couples fight together. Yeah, it is. It's a normal part of relationships. Well, let's talk about that. Since since, since you've brought that up, uh, and that question is always interesting, do you guys fight? Because uh, hanging out with you guys, you're so laid back and fun and, and uh, I mean, of course, fighting or arguing, um, you know, it's part of the gig, as they say. But what is one thing you would share with our audience today? Uh, couples that perhaps are finding themselves in a situation where they're fighting or, you know, stuff is going on and they, they need some help or whatnot. What, um, what would you advise? What would you say? 
You know, most couples that we start working with, they fight, but they don't know how to resolve it. They don't know how to grow through it. And so, you know, if you think about an orange, if you squeeze an orange, you're going to get orange juice because that's what's inside. And so when a couple is under pressure and they get squeezed, what's inside? And what's inside are many, many years of hurts and wounds and things like that. And it's a natural part of the process. And we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship, but nobody teaches us how to do that. And so that, that's a big part of our work is, is to get to the resolution place by, you know, you don't take it personally and, and, and teach them the skills of how to do that. I think so, also so, that, you know, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, no, please go ahead. I, this is so good. I love it. Keep sure. going. Yeah, I was going to say that most couples don't realize that fighting is inevitable in relationships. You know, in fact, there was a study done with uh, 2,000 couples, and they were rating their relationship as happy, healthy, and unhappy and unhealthy. And they were trying to determine, you know, what is the difference between happy, healthy couples, unhappy, healthy couples in the way they fight. Um, and they found that there was no difference. In fact, that both, both types of couples fight the same way. They, they say mean things. They yell at each other. They slam doors. Uh, the only difference was that happy, healthy couples made repair attempts. They came back, they apologized, yeah, they apologized for what their part was, you know, they said they wanted to do things differently, and they made those amends. That is so powerful right there. So what you're, and I want the audience to catch that, at least that was a really big um, a takeaway for me, what you just said. Happy couples make the repair attempts, whereas the unhappy couples will, the obvious is, they do the opposite, they, they don't attempt repairs. Right, they sweep it under the rug. And then what happens is that, yeah, it just builds up and, and it accumulates. And then when they have their fights, you know, it is they're bringing everything from the past, including the kitchen sink. Let's talk about that for a moment, because I know sometimes when fights get heated or whatnot, um, there is a temptation to want to, you know, to throw digs, right? Uh, maybe things that have been unresolved, maybe from previous conversations uh, in the relationship or even outside of the relationship, maybe things that haven't been resolved or whatnot. How, what would you tell a couple that may be going through that where they find that they don't have the tools maybe necessary to, kind of, you know, to resolve conflict and they are uh, reaching or using past hurts or whatnot to, to hurt the other one intentionally, how would you advise them? You know, if everyone could see their partner as a four-year-old when they're fighting, mm -hmm. because it's, it's, we go all the way back to that, that hindbrain, that reactive place inside of us that is just trying to feel safe again. And it's ah. really coming from that place. And we're not logical, we're not rational, and we're just hurting. And so if you tended to your partner the way you would tend to a four-year-old, you know, it, it would it would go a long way. You know, another another part of that is that, you know, when you're in that heated place, you cannot resolve the 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 issue at that time, and it's absolutely preferable to take some time. There's times Ray and I might be in a fight for several days where we're barely talking to each other, and we have to work with couples in the same room. <laughs> so it is quite a skill to get to that place. But taking time until you cool off. And having a lot of compassion for the other person as a hurting person and not just see the anger that's coming at you. And one of the things that one of the things you're talking about, you know, when they're giving these digs is 
something that uh, John Gottman, a researcher, says or calls uh, negative sentiment override. Negative mm. sentiment override, which just means that you know they are focusing on, in on the negative things going on in the relationship, and then they're they're throwing it at each other. It's kind of a form of contempt, you know, mm. and that usually signifies that there is you know pent up, built up resentment that they're carrying around with them. This is you know personal work that each of those people have to do. You know, it's like think about like a bank account, you know, and they're they're taking these withdrawals every time there's a, an argument or a negativity in the relationship. And if they don't have, you know, positive investments in that bank account to draw from, then they, they quickly go into the red. Fascinating. That's a very good point. Yeah. So <clears throat> what is one of the most common issues that you guys see in your work over the past 20 years within couples? Like what seems to be a common thread, maybe top, maybe among the top three issues? The, the number one issue we see is that couples don't spend any time together alone. They are Ooh. consumed with their kids. They are out socially, but they don't do any one-on-one -on -one time. It's, an, it's, it's like the very first question that we ask them, how much time do you guys spend together? And they look at each other and they go, none. No, no, and, and we qualify that as quality time that is spent without screens, without other people, and not talking about logistics. Wow. And, and the minimum amount, the research says, minimum amount is five and a half hours a week is what's required for couples to you know, increase their happiness and one-on-one and -on -one interaction. Okay, so here's another takeaway. So what you're saying is the number one challenge that you've noticed in couples is that they don't spend enough one-on-one -on -one time, meaning no distractions, no TV, no whatnot, where they could just spend in a week, say, what was that, five and a half hours is the minimum? Five and a half hours minimum, yes. That's the recommendation where they actually just sit down, chat, and just reconnect, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you think about a business, you know, if you are only spending five and a half hours a week working on your business, your business isn't going to go anywhere, right? That and sense. so that relationship between two people constantly has to be nurtured and grown. The number one reason couples break up is that they lack a common vision of the future. And, you know, when, when a couple first gets together, they have the common dreams, you know, let's get a house, let's start a family, let's get our careers going, let's have some financial security, and then they get to now what? And when they don't know how to resolve conflict, every time they talk, they start a fight. So they want those buffers there, they want other people there, the kids there, so they don't have to get into it anymore. Wow. And they stop dreaming together. Mm -hmm. So when couples, so when the break, when couples have these breakdowns, it's usually because they're not sharing the same vision anymore. How? And that, I'm assuming that happens over time again because they're not spending that one-on-one -on -one quality time. Correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That is, you know, that's the start of it. You know, they're not investing in the relationship consistently. You know, and you know those that five and a half hours sometimes it is spent fighting. Okay, but it's it's the productive type of fighting that is going to help them grow and and you know get to that next level in their relationship. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. So, as a as couple as a as a couple, 
It could be as simple as what? Because I, I would think that sometimes people, especially couples who are overwhelmed and they got so many things going on, on this Valentine's Day uh, that's coming up, and again, every day is Valentine's Day, but this Hallmark holiday, yeah. What, would you, yeah, what would you recommend as one thing that a couple could do to help uh, get reconnected um, and, and really revisit that whole, you know, connecting on the same vision type situation? What would be one thing you'd recommend? Well, you know, one thing, in addition to just going out and spending time one-on-one, -on -one, uh, another thing that we would recommend is doing something new some new experience that neither one has ever experienced before, right? It is, it, it is those new experiences. It's kind of like the, the mortar that holds bricks together. You know, it, is, it helps them uh, kind of challenge each other. It, it helps them have kind of new topics to talk about and connect in, in a new and different way. The, the neurons in our brain that fire together, wire together, and so if you're doing the same things over and over again, you're literally stuck in a rut. And so when you go out and do new things, you, you have to be more present and you have to pay attention to what's going on right now. So you start relating differently and that can add a lot of juice to a relationship. You know, the other thing is, according to David Rico, of, uh, he has a book called How to Be an Adult in a Relationship. He says our relationships are formed by these five primary needs that we have and those are attention, affection, acceptance, appreciation, and an allowing to become. And if we focus on those things, and especially appreciation, I think when couples are so busy living their lives, they know what they're doing, but they don't know what their partner's doing. And we forget to be appreciative, and we forget to, you know, we take, kind of take it for granted. And I think that goes a long way to just, you know, thank your partner for what they're doing, even though it's, you're doing a lot as well, but we all need that. It's such a great need that we have, and affection. Affection's really big too. Love it. I love it. I love it. I, I wanted to revisit something that you said earlier in the conversation, which really has me thinking. You gave us the example of look at your spouse or your partner as a four-year-old who just wants to feel safe again. Yeah. So let me ask you this Absolutely. question. I, I, I can totally envision that, even for myself, it's like, wow, that really spoke to me. So my question is, what if when you were four years old, things, you didn't necessarily feel safe per se, uh, and then have, wouldn't that present a problem down the line as an adult? Well, if you, yeah, absolutely it would present a problem, right? So our, our physical bodies heal in physical time. Our emotional bodies do not. Our emotional uh, system, our subconscious, it, it generalizes when we have experiences and it has no relationship to time. So, for example, the first time you touched a stove, you actually got burned. Right. And if 30 years goes by, you're still going to pull your hand away. And you're also going to generalize and not touch other things that are hot. But if you think about a four-year-old that was afraid of monsters under the bed, you wouldn't go in there and say, you know what, that's ridiculous, shut up and go to sleep. You know, you would do something that we call emotional first aid. So you would go and hold them and listen to them and problem solve with them. And it's, it's kind of that same thing. And so because that emotional brain has no relationship to time, our partners can help us heal those wounds 
because we could apply emotional first aid all the way back to when we were four years old and start a healing process that doesn't happen because that doesn't, time doesn't heal those wounds and, and our emotional brain doesn't know the difference between a functional thing like pull your hand away from something that's hot and a trauma that should have gotten emotional first aid. And I know that some of the work you guys do is uh, re revolves around the right. So let's say someone comes in, a couple comes in, and they may have some of these issues lingering on from the past. You guys are experts in this area to help walk these particular individuals through that so they can break past that, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we see ourselves more as, as coaches than, you know, psychotherapists and working in, you know, in um, maladaptive patterns. We really try to get, you know, the couple to understand some of these old wounds and help each other heal the other person. Because there's only so much work that we can do, but we get, as Gene said, we get into relationships, you know, to heal. And so because of that, our partner is the person that has the greatest potential of healing us. So if a, if a therapist is helping someone heal, it's like a 40-watt light bulb, but your partner is like a football stadium of light. It's it, because you have that emotional connection. When they learn how to help you go through that healing process, you heal really deep. Well, I like that. That was a really, really powerful visual. You said a therapist is like a 40-watt light bulb to help you through this process, but your partner is like a stadium full of lights to help you heal. That is powerful. Yeah. Love it. Well, guys, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes out of your very busy schedule to join us here on the <laughs> podcast. Where can our audience find you because I'm sure as we you know as life places demands on us in life love and business uh, not with Valentine's Day just reminding us to you know to to pay particular appreciation to our loved ones especially our partners um, where can where can people who may be struggling right now within their relationship find you well the work that we do with couples and with families you, you can find us at lighthouseemotionalwellness.com and uh, also uh, some of the personal stuff that Gene and I do with Couple Synergy, we have a Facebook page called Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Gene. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, any parting words as we wrap up this really great conversation? Well, one thing I would just like people to know is that you did not attract the wrong person into your life. We always attract someone who can help us heal. We always attract someone who knows our relationship dance, and it's all very subconscious and we don't understand it, but it's really worth working on. There's a lot of benefits of becoming safe and secure with another human being and really thriving and creating a fantastic life together. It's worth working on it. I love it. Dr. Ray, Dr. Jean, a million thank yous for taking the time to join us here today on the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Hey, you've been listening to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast where we share practical life hacks to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time with your host, loss mitigation executive, entrepreneur, and nationally featured author and speaker, David Ubeda. Hey, life hackers. 
Help us reach more people. We need your help. Stop at iTunes, give us a positive review and rating. Remember, our goal is to become the number one small business podcast on iTunes. So your feedback really does matter. Hey, for more great content like you found here on this podcast, make sure to visit davidubita.com. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give.